Twisted Chamber is explicit and contains details of a graphic nature. Welcome to Twisted Chamber. I'm Kat. I'm Natasha. Welcome. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Do, do you like my uh, little setup here with our merchandise? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to just turn mine. Oh, oh, yes. Matching. We we got the sweetest gift we off did. of my bestie uh she got our logo on a mug if yeah. you uh if anyone uh listening on spotify want to go and look at our mug sickening uh, they're so great i love them so much right i love them I and i posted a little video on uh, instagram so everyone can see so maybe i think we're gonna have merch soon we're gonna have merch soon i'm looking forward to yep i'm looking forward to getting these out and people can buy our mugs <laughs> i know then we can get some hoodies and yep. go with the whole yeah. t-shirt thing as well i'm excited should be oh good oh my gosh who who would ever have thought <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. i know but it's like when they come on the mug and i saw them for the first time you then re i just then realized how good it looks on a mug like with it just looks good right <laughs> It's so cute. So cute. If you've not seen, you have to go over to our Instagram or Facebook. I'll post one later for Facebook and have a little look at the mugs that will soon be available for you to purchase. <laughs> <laughs> How that works, I have no idea. It's all right. It's not all right. We'll, we'll deal with your techno technological impairment. Is that the right word? It's, it's a real disease. I don't <laughs> care what anyone says. I have it. Oh, it's real life. Yes, it's okay. We'll uh, we can deal with everything to do with that. It's all good. So, right. how has your day been? What have you been doing today? Today, I've not been doing much. This morning, I woke up. That's the only thing I did this morning. I'm proud of myself. Oh, so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to sleep till four a.m. though. Four a.m. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't go to sleep until one a.m. last night. I don't know what that is. Anxiety. That's late for you. So late for you. Yeah. 10 o'clock is my bedtime. I don't care what anyone says. Okay. <laughs> Which is why I'm so tired today, but I've been extremely productive. Very good. I like the productiveness in the morning. Yeah, That's no. right. Yes. Very good. <laughs> so I'm uh, very excited to tell you about my story today. Well, not my story, my research. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear some of these stories, man. I know. I know. I love I've been how trying to like, I think, I think that's why, right? That's yeah. why I didn't get to sleep until 1am because I'm having horrible anxiety about this episode. It's okay. It's good. It's all good. Well, it's not all good. Some of it's quite freaky. Yeah. Yeah. So today I'm talking about near-death experiences. So first off i want to know what do you what do you think happens when we die 
Where do, do you uh, think we go somewhere? Do you think there's heaven and hell? What do you, what's your opinion? Oh my God, that is deep for this morning. <laughs> it, it, we're, having, we're, we're having a deep, ep- this is a deep episode today. We're, we're getting in there. We're going in. I mean, yeah. God what damn. So the question is, what do I believe in? Yeah, believe in, think. Two, same thing, believe and think, or two different things? I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to die and figure it out at the end, like okay. everyone else. Okay. Do you think you go somewhere shiny and bright? Do you think there's hell, I heaven? I don't believe in heaven and hell. No, okay. I do not. Okay. Okay. I think that being a good person is the best thing that you can be. And if you're a good person on this planet, mm. maybe you get double lives or second lives or something. Um, you come back as something. But mm. but if we died and we, you know, reproduced the earth because all we are is fertilizer. <laughs> Yes, well, this is it. Then, hey, it's just that cycle of life, isn't it? That is. <laughs> it keeps spinning. We keep dying, you know. Yep. Goes around it in a is, circle. Yep. Somebody eats us, like in The Lion King, you know. Right. Goes around. We reproduce the earth. Yes. Well, I've been doing some research. I found this subject so fascinating. So I hope that. Um, if anybody out there is freaked out by this, is probably not the best episode to listen to. Um, I will quickly say that there are a couple of suicide references in this episode. So if that is a sensitive subject for you, then please uh, skip this episode. Um, but if it's not sensitive and you want to hear about this stuff. Come on down. <laughs> come on down. Twisted Chamber. <laughs> what do you believe in? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So a near-death experience is a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers describe as having similar characteristics. It is estimated that 9 million people have reported having a near-death experience, and this was reported in a study in 2011 at the New York Academy of Science. Most near-death experiences are a result of serious, serious injury that affects the body or the brain. When a near-death experience is positive, people experience many varieties such as detachment from the body, feeling of levitation, total serenity, security, <laughs> warmth, an experience of absolute desolation, and a presence of a light. Look, I'm sure that when you're about to die, mm. but you're still alive, yeah maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. i think maybe you could see something of course you could yes yes you also i believe see yes. things when you take mushrooms and lsd you yes you do yes you do um yes i just this is this is my research is great <laughs> Lay it on me, uh, Natasha. <laughs> when a negative experience is a very different sensation, it's a sensation of anguish, along with distress, a void, devastation, vast emptiness. People often report seeing hellish places and things like their own rendition of hell and the devil. 
Now, I always thought that when people had near-death experiences that they were, I'd never heard of a negative near-death experience before. I've always heard of the light. I don't know whether you're the same. I don't know whether you've heard any bad ones before. So I've always, I've always heard that when people die, they see a light or they see a loved one. Yes. Yes. Okay. So no hellish ones, no hideous things that I'm about to Oh my to God. Out. I've also heard that. Come on. I grew okay. up in a Christian church. Everything oh, was, okay. well, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Um, Near-death experiences have re been reported since ancient times. The oldest known medical report of a near-death experiences was written by Pierre Jean de Monnec, which is, excuse my rep, uh, my attempt at a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he was an 18th century French military doctor, and he describes such a case in his book, Antidotes of Medicine. He hypo hypothesized that an influx of blood to the brain can stimulate strong feelings on an individual and can cause them to feel a near-death experience. So he had recorded people having them and put it down to science, that it was just a reaction to the brain. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are many different scientific researches, both science and spirituality, spirituality um, has its own answers and its own reasons for near-death experiences. Um, and searching the web, I found a few different answers and a few different paths of near-death experiences. Um, some of the near-death experiences are deeply disturbing and dark. And there are three different kinds, inverse, void, and hellish. So these are the okay. bad near-death experiences. There's three main. <laughs> There's three main ones. Three main yes. bad ones, though. Bad ones, yeah. So I think scientists and researchers that have been researching them, when people have come back and told them what they've had, they've kind of categorized them because it's it's quite a phenomena that is still not explained today. With all the science and stuff we have, they've had to isolate the different kinds and try to explain them. And it's not they've not been able to, as far as I'm aware. Um, some inverse near-death experience outcome is hostile and threatening. A man thrown from his horse found himself floating at treetop height, watching emergency medical teams working on his body. No, no, this isn't right, he screamed. Put me back. But they did not hear him. Next, he was shooting through darkness towards a bright light, flashing past shadowy people who seemed to be deceased family members waiting. He was panic-stricken by the bizarre scenario and his inability to affect what was happening around him. So he's like... What he's the hell? Could you imagine, like, being above your body going, whoa, what the yeah. hell is going on? Yeah. And then floating and then just passing, like, no faces, just, mm. like, dark Mm. people or mm. silhouettes 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 yep just yep sh dark figures dark yeah shadowy people so yeah so silhouettes not even knowing and not being able to stop that from happening like you're aware that you floated out of your body and now you can't there's nothing you can do wherever you're going is inevitable yeah you're going yes 
Um, a woman in childbirth felt her spirit separate from her body and fly into space at tremendous speed. Then she saw a ball of light rushing towards her. She quotes, it became bigger and bigger as it came towards me. And I realized that we were on a collision course and it terrified me. I saw blinding white light and it came right at me and engulfed me. So she's being engulfed by something unknown. <laughs> I would like, what do you feel, right? Mm. What do you feel when you're like, if she's like going through space? Yes. Towards what a star? It must be a star or something. Some kind, some kind of star. Especially um, if it's space, it must be a maybe a star, or maybe you're going that fast that you reach the end of space and go into whatever's behind space. I don't know. Oh my how, God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we go to like a different dimension? So like a different version of Earth. I, part of me thinks that we do. Part of me thinks that w this plane is this plane and we're here as a whole, but we can't reach the next plane until we are that spiritual ball. Like, and then we can go there, which and then see, would be. I want to go back to these scientists for just one little measly second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how is it that you go, mm. like, how do you go and get people for, so we're doing a science experiment. You yeah. need to die so that yeah. we can bring you back to life so yes. that you can tell us every every version of what happened to you so that we know yes. what happens during death. Yeah. Well, they didn't. So um, later on, um, I'll explain it now, but redo it later as well. So when they, the scientists, when they, so these people were real life deaths, these stories, but scientists, when they were experimenting on people with volunteers, they were simulating death, but nobody was ever dead. So the massive difference between the science and the reality is that these people were flatlined dead, no pulse, no electric, electric, electronic activity in their brain pupils are fully dilated they were clinically dead and the people that they did the science experiments on they brought them they tried to simulate the same kind of reaction that your brain should be having for you to be able to have these visions and they didn't come out the same no matter how hard they tried it was different when you say different yeah. Did they like come back and feel like they weren't the same person? No. So uh, one of the cases, what they would do is they would actually give the patients some ketamine, little doses of ketamine that would simulate um, an out of body experience. So when you look at people who have described an out of body experience and a drug induced out of body experience, completely different. The out of body uh, drug experience one their limbs were longer, everything was was like different shaped. Whereas an actual death out of body experience, you're looking down at your dead body. So com two completely different scenarios. And the person who's looking down on their dead body is flatlined, they're completely dead. There's nothing there. Whereas the drug induced one, they're still alive. They cannot oh simulate God. it. They cannot make your brain do it. They've tried. It's insane, they can't. isn't it? <laughs> it's insane. Yes.
Yes. Um, right, next case. A woman collapsed from hypothermia and began to re-experience her entire life. She quotes, I was filled with such sadness and experienced a great deal of depression. So not a positive one. Yes. Um, now, these ones, the next ones, these frighten me, I think, more than any of the other near-death experiences. These are the ones that frighten me. The okay. void. The void. Uh, a near-death experience of void is an analogical encounter with the perceived vast emptiness. <laughs> After a devastating scenario of loneliness, isolation, and inhabilitation. A woman in childbirth found herself abruptly flying over the hospital and into deep, empty space. A group of circular entities informed her that she never existed and that she had been allowed to imagine her life, but it was a joke. She was not real. <laughs> what do you mean she was not real? She was not real. That this, they told her she never existed and that she was a joke. She was not real. She argued with the fact about her life and described the earth. No, they said, none of that has ever been real. And this is all it was. And she was left alone in empty space. Get the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> I'm just going to say it because I know everyone else out there is thinking it. Hell no. no. <laughs> like, no. if that's the end, oh my God. Hey, ha, ha that was a joke. That was a joke. That was your was life. It real? Yeah. What like life? the Matrix. Yes. Like, what, what happens if we're plugged hell, man. <laughs> What happens if we are plugged in somewhere and this is not real? And when we die, we wake up in like some blackness that this is not real well then shit <laughs> it's a horrible thought oh it's such a horrible thought it's a horrible thought this is what this is why these frighten me i think more than anything else anything else um so another woman in childbirth felt herself floating on water but at a certain point she quotes it was no longer a peaceful feeling it had become pure hell I had become a light out in the heavens and I was screaming, but no sound was coming out. It was, the, it was worse than any nightmare. I was spinning around and realized that this was eternity. I felt loneliness, emptiness of space, the vastness of the universe, and except for little old me, a mere ball of light screaming. So that What? <laughs> Being in water like that? Yeah, being Shut in water. Shut up, man. Yeah. yeah, being there. Ball of light, screaming. See, that's my, that is my absolute version of hell. There we go. Is being in water and not mm -hmm. ever being able to get out of it. Mm. Yeah. That's just, it sounds hideous. Like the whole thing would make me feel scared. That would make me feel scared. Why would you want to come? Why would you? What What would be the point? Like, that makes me feel scared. 
And Where how did going? she come out of that? If that was her her death experience. Experience. So they would have, I th- as far as I'm aware, most of these people would have then been resuscitated properly and would have come back alive and would have woken up in a hospital bed um, thinking that they've had a really bad dream or then realizing that it was probably a near-death experience. Like they were nearly off to the after place. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. honestly it freaked me out it's, this whole episode like i have to say if i do ever die like that mm. or i come back and i'm not the same person because i don't think that woman will ever be the same no if you die number one in childbirth which is already horrific horrific at the yes. best of times yeah yes and you die and that's mm. your experience and you come back mm. and you go, what, mm. what was that? Mm. Was that real? Did my brain take me to, I don't know, an, a, hallucin- a, a hallucinating mm. state? Yeah. What yeah. Was it a dream? Mm. The, all these things, all these questions. Yes. All these You questions. wouldn't be able to, to comprehend what had Mm -mm. just happened to you then to go and live your life right afterwards no way no no way not normally anyway you wouldn't be able to normally no no you'd go out and do every single drug that you could party like a rock star well exactly that exactly that especially if it's something like that at the end be like fuck it let's have some fun yeah if I'm gonna sit in a lake forever screaming yeah. and no one can hear me, yeah. I'm gonna go out with a bang. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah. I hope she did. Whoever she was, I hope she had I hope she lived her best life after that. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh another woman who attempted suicide felt herself sucked into a void. She quotes, I was being drawn into the dark abyss or tunnel or void. I was not aware of my body as I know it. I was terrified. I felt terror. I had had expected nothingness. I had expected the big sleep. I had expected oblivion. But I found now that I was going to another plane. And it frightened me. I wanted nothingness. But this force was pulling me somewhere I didn't want to go. But I never got beyond the fog. So she, again, I guess. What do you mean? Purgatory? Well, maybe purgatory, blackness, nothingness, and then going towards a fog. I don't know if that's the gates of wherever it is that you go. Is it foggy? I don't know. Does it rain there? (laughs) What's the weather like? What's the weather like in heaven or hell? Does it rain? (laughs) I think it might just be space because everything that Uh, I hear. uh, Yeah. Yes. Uh, This one's freaky. A man who was attacked by a hitchhiker felt himself rise out of his body. He quotes, I suddenly was surrounded by total blackness, floating in nothing but black space, with no up, no down, no left or right. And what seemed like an eternity went by. I fully lived it in this misery and was only allowed to think and reflect. What? (laughs) What? I feel like I have so many questions for these people. Me too. Me too. Like, n- that that's nothing. Like, he was in nothing. No up or down. 
no left or right, just suspended in blackness. And all you can do is think. Like, does everyone, like, does every individual soul Mm. go somewhere where it's how you lived your life on earth? So if you lived your life in nothing and it was just a pathetic life, Mm. do you hang into nothingness? Yeah. Well, there, there is actually no evidence that if you're a bad person and if you're a good person that you have good or bad near-death experiences. Because some of these people, like mums just giving birth to babies, have had what sounded to me like a horrendous experience in this. Mm. You know, did they murder and kill somebody? Were they, you know... that's And that's always my thing with this as well, is like hellish ones and then good ones. But then does that mean that bloody serial killers are up there living their best lives? Or are they doing this dark stuff? And well, being this, is, in the void. this is where the religion side will come into it, you know, yeah. because all religions out there will say, I'm the religion to go to the nice place. <laughs> of course. And that they're all forgiving. They're, they forgive. God forgives, right? He forgives. Okay. <laughs> well, Wait, doesn't yes. he forgive? That's what they believe. Yes. That's what they believe. This is, yes. And I hadn't, I did have an interesting conversation about this with Wally because I was a bit like, if he forgives, am I going to be up in the pearly gates like, what's up, Ted? Bundy? (laughs) Like, is he going to be chilling? (laughs) Well, this is it because they were all, they went in going, oh, I believe in Jesus or I'm, I'm now a spiritual person. No, you're not. No. You killed people. You chose the way to live your life, Mm. and there must be a consequence. Must be for the sum. Yes, and to me, lying somewhere in total blackness with no up or down, and all you can do is think and reflect. That to me would be a a good enough punishment for that because they're not doing it; they're just there. Not they haven't got anything; they're just in space. Yeah, that. But I mean, this guy—he was attacked by a hitchhiker. Like he was probably out walking in the woods with his dog or something. You Don't know? I do that Sorry. all the time? <laughs> Don't make me overthink about this, okay? I am okay. constantly I looking over my shoulder. I know. every single day, I all know. the time. Dot does it now. <laughs> yes. See, it's okay. Well, maybe he was walking in the in an Appalachian Appalachian Appalachian. Oh, Trail. there's a whole stigma between that. If okay. we pronounce it wrong, there's Appalachia, Appalachian, Appalachian. you know. Don't come at us. <laughs> don't come at us. No, don't, please. Okay, so hellish experiences are the least common type of near-death experiences. Um, a man in heart failure felt himself flying into the depths of earth and at the bottom was a set of high rusty gates, which he perceived as the gates of hell panic-stricken he managed to scramble back up to the light so he went down oh my jesus yeah he was he was down there with some irony gates just frightens me (laughs) um a woman was being escorted through a frightening desolate landscape and saw a group of wandering spirits they looked lost and in pain but her guide indicated she was not allowed to help them. Um, 
a university professor with an intestinal rupture experienced being maliciously pinched and then torn apart by malevolent beings. Torn apart. Torn apart by malevolent beings. Yes. A and university what was her professor. life like? Um these are just I don't these were just from an article that I found so I don't know necessarily what they were but they a university he was a university professor so to me that, does, that um, means he could be the scummiest of the scum <laughs> but also it could mean that he's not and he's a good teacher at university and helps his like I don't really know much about these cases to say whether they were good or bad I'm just guessing that and they have their real yes mm. Yes. Um, a woman who hemorrhaged from a ruptured, fallo ruptured fallopian tube reported a near-death experience involving horrific beings with grey gelatinous appendages grasping and clawing at her. The sound of guttural moaning and the indescribable stench still remains with her, <clears throat> excuse me, still remains with her 41 years later. There was no benign being of light, no life video, nothing beautiful or pleasant about my experience. So she had um, salad fingers. <laughs> oh, freaking salad fingers, man. Could you imagine? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I love it. A rusty spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but gelatinous, long appendage, just grabbing at her no thank you no. no like i'm good i'd rather have nothing mm. yeah nothing would be nothing would be better than that because that would be especially if you had to stay there for the rest of eternity because it is eternity that's you it know is eternity. at least you'd try to make friends with the guy right <laughs> <laughs> hello hi how are you i'm natasha i'm natasha and uh, i was a therapist <laughs> you know we were out walking one day got hit by a car yeah here we are and how are mm. we gonna how are we gonna move forward you know yeah <laughs> and also don't touch me <laughs> yeah let's go for this is my bubble you may not mm -hmm. touch yeah my space your space back off <laughs> yeah absolutely um okay a woman who attempted suicide felt her body sliding downwards into a cold dark watery environment quote when i reached the bottom it resembled the entrance to a cave with what looked like webs hanging i heard cries wails moans and gnashing of teeth i saw these beings that resembled humans with the shape of a head and a body but they were ugly and grotesque they were frightening and sounded like they were being tormented and in agony. So that, I don't quite know what that You know, to me, that would just be, what are you the most scared of happening to you? Yes. Maybe right? that's the, the reflection of hell. You know, is this fear.com? <laughs> <laughs> well, right? I... Yeah. Is your death uh, something that you find the most scary if you haven't lived a certain way? But how does anyone know how to live a certain? You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, because not be. I don't. I don't care who you are. You've sinned. Okay, you've sinned. Right. You've all. Welcome to the sinned. sinning club. 
we're all in this club. We all got our badge. We got our badge the moment that we were born. You know, people lie. People have sex before marriage. People steal Amen. things. Like I've eaten a grape. I've gone into the supermarket and eaten grapes before I've paid for them. I've done it. I'm not gonna lie. Why? I, I stole a packet of gum. So where we go? <laughs> like, yeah, we're all sinners. So where do we go if this is loosely, you know, is a is a little sin okay? You know, don't worry about it. Just don't steal while just you're in heaven. Just a tiny one. <laughs> yeah, just a tiny just one. <laughs> a tiny, tiny little, tiny little yeah. sin. <laughs> tiny little sin. <laughs> We got little Fridays in yes. little sin. <laughs> um, there is no law or study that can tell us that all bad people have negative near-death experiences and all good people have good ones. But the positive ones are definitely the type you would want. In 2001, a study by renowned cardiologist Pim Van Lomol, a man who'd been in a deep coma later told a nurse that he recognised her. He told her that he saw where she had placed his dentures during resuscitation efforts and then described the cart where she placed them and they were precisely as he described. So again, I guess he was watching from above his bed and saw things. See, I always know when people die, Mm. right? When you're Mm. in the room, you know they're there for a while. Mm. You can feel their spirit still. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely. wandering around still. Mm. Mm. They People see, definitely. You know, is that... it? it oh, it, this has opened way too much for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has. I love it. I love it. Um, a man who had near-death experiences as a child recalled the experiences of meeting dead relatives. There were some presences there and there were some ladies and I didn't know them at the time. They were so loving and so wonderful that I just didn't want to come back. I didn't see any pictures of them until I was an adult. But then when I saw the photos, I realised that these ladies I saw in my death were my great great grandmothers who died years before I was born. Okay. So, child. so I know that that happens quite a lot when people mm. do die or you're, you're in the room when someone else dies. They're either yeah. seeing their husband or their wife or a sibling, mm. a parent. Mm. Yeah, somebody. You know, they're always going to see somebody. So it's interesting mm. that more yeah. people have that type of experience. But why are they all so different? Yes. Exactly. Well, this is it. Exactly that. And I'm wondering whether, again, maybe it's different because it needs to be different because we are all different. You know, we are all different. So maybe some of us need our relatives to help us get through this. Some of us just need our guardian angels to help us get through this. Some of us need to be sent to the corner of the dark universe and being told to reflect on what we've done. Yeah. You sit there, you're in timeout. For the rest of forever. For the rest of everything. Everything. Just for everything. That's it. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to be there until it's all done with. Which I would pick. 
Other than oh, salad fingers. No salad fingers. <laughs> Just no, don't touch not me. Not for me. I'm gonna, don't touch me. I don't need to be touched. That's it. No. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, often people relay their near-death experiences as a review of their life. Here is what a doctor was told by a patient who had this type of near-death experience. When he realised that collision was imminent, the patient said that time seemed to slow down as he hit the brakes and went into an uncontrolled slide. He then seemed to pop out of his body, and while in this state, he had a life review which consisted of brief pictures and flashes of his life. His car struck the truck, and the truck bed crushed through the window, causing multiple injuries to his head and chest. Medical reports show that he was in a coma and nearly died, yet he had vivid sensations, leaving his physical pages physical body and entering into the darkness he had a feeling of moving up through a dark tunnel towards a point of light and suddenly being filled with love and light and a being appeared to him now he had a second life review guided by the being of light he felt bathed in love and compassion as he reviewed the moral choices he had made in his lifetime and he suddenly understood that he was an important part of the universe and that his life had purpose. Lovely. Right? I would say lovely, or is this just a man <laughs> saying, see, I made all the right decisions in my life. Cult, <laughs> cult, cult. That's how things get started. That is how things get started. But also there are women that have had the same experiences. So it's not just him saying it. Like it's not just a man thing. There are women and other people. And there's there's a, a few people that have had the same experiences, male and female. So it's generally not just. That's insane. You know, yes. I want to know what yeah. they did. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't, he was driving in his car. I mean, this sounds like to me, like if it is a true experience and it actually happened, um, lovely that it did. And the fact that he realized that he had purpose in life, you know, mm. that we aren't here for nothing and that there is, and I believe this anyway, that each individual person in this world, good or bad, has a purpose in this life for something, which you know, when somebody does something bad, it's obviously hard to kind of wrap your head around that, that they were supposed to do that, because how awful. But I do believe that we are here for a, for, for a reason that we don't know. You know, that's my thoughts, as you probably know, I would think that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know those are your thoughts. I just sit here <laughs> on my fence. I know you like that fence. I'm going to knock mm. you off that fence one day. Don't you worry. You're nah. going to be over my side. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stay on this fence. Cause that's, you know, I don't like to be either side. Yes. No. <laughs> um, some near death experiences stories, uh, report vertical out of body experience, including traveling through walls, uh, into waiting rooms where they see their relatives and friends. One patient reported traveling through a wall and seeing her young daughter wearing Mitch, Mix, Mitch, I can't say it, mismatched <laughs> plaid pajamas, um, which was highly unusual. So I'm guessing in a rush to get their mum, her mum to A&E, whoever dressed the little girl must have put on odd pajamas oh to get her out of the house. 
in the emergency. Um, one patient, um, another woman traveled through a wall and overheard her brother-in-law in hospital room talking to a business associate in a very derogatory, de I can't say it, derogatory, derogatory, derogatory manner. And she was able to report this back to him later on. Now, this story is the one that I think that if I hadn't believed before that maybe this story right here would be the one that would tip me kind of over the edge a bit. Um, a woman suffered a cardiac arrest during her stay in hospital and she was unconscious as they res the resuscitation team tried to revive her. According to her later report, she floated out of her body and stood near a window watching them work on her body. She observed without pain whatsoever as they thumped on her chest and pumped air into her lungs. During the resuscitation, a pen fell out of the doctor's pocket and rolled near the same window where her spirit was standing and watching. The doctor eventually walked over, picked up the pen and put it back in his pocket and then he rejoined the frantic effort to save her and they succeeded. A few days later, she told her doctor that she had observed the resuscitation team at work on her car on, on her during her cardiac arrest. No, he said soothingly, reassuring her that she was probably hallucinating because of anonoxia. And anonoxia is a lack of oxygen to the brain. Okay. Um, and this can happen when your heart stops, causes hallucinations. But I saw your pen roll to the window, she replied. And then she described the pen and other details of the resuscitation. And the doctor was shocked as the patient had not only been comatose during her resuscitation, but she had also been blind for many years. What the hell is that? <laughs> so now she can see. She can see. So she saw her spirit. So I always think about your spirit and your body are two different things. So any injuries that happen to your body wouldn't necessarily happen to your spirit because your body is whole and your spirit isn't. So she's blind in life, but her spirit could see. So her That's spirit, insane. yeah, watch this. <laughs> so she saw. Um, so now I have some science, a little bit of science. So science lesson coming up. <laughs> Good. Give me all that science um, behind this, give you, please. Give me some facts. Here we go. Physical explanation of near-death experiences claim that patients are really experiencing hallucinations resulting in stimulation or trauma of certain areas of the brain. And these include lack of oxygen, narcotics and electrical surges to the brain. So the, the scientists believe that these three things are the only reason as to why you would have a near-death experience because mm. they would put your brain into certain hallucinogenic um, aspects. So they would make you hallucinate. Um, but are these, are these physical experiences and scientific explanations for near-death experiences satisfactory? Absolutely not. Anonoxia of the dying brain could lead to firm, sorry, could lead to firing neutrons responsible for visual perception. 
So lack of oxygen to the brain can cause you to hallucinate, possibly leading to an experience of white light at the end of a tunnel. If this was true, 100% of the patients who die or near death or lose, uh, go unconscious through lack of oxygen should experience near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences, but they don't. Only 18% do. What do you, right. So can you go back and explain that in a yeah. little bit more in detail, please? No, that's fine. So when your brain is dying, it lets off a chemical um, and um, it goes into an anoxia, which is a lack of oxygen to the brain, which can cause people to hallucinate, which is why sometimes I think people say that they've like people have had hallucinations during resuscitations and stuff, but it's not been real. Okay. But if everybody who coded and flatlined on a resuscitation table, if anoxia was the cause of near-death experience, then every single patient that coded would see a white light, would have that experience of a near-death experience, but they don't. Only 18% of them do. So wow. it's not scientifically proven. Yes. Only, only 18%. 18%. Yes. Only 18%. Yeah. So not so some so okay. scientifically, every single person should experience the white light phenomena phenomena. But, but they, they don't. don't. They don't. No. That's if science that's, can prove that it's anoxia, but they can't. That's yeah. trippy, right? Very trippy. Very, very trippy. Um, so, yeah. And then nar narcotically induced near-death experiences. One researcher, researcher said, which I said earlier, that by ingesting small quantities of ketamine... Um, he could induce an out-of-body experience, um, but it did not induce the sense of an out-of-body experience. The images in the hallucination were weird and the perception was exaggerated. So he's saying that people who are having near-death experiences because of the amount of drugs and stuff that being pumped into their bodies, mm. that's what causes them to have the out-of-body experience because they're having a trip. But the fact that when you have a near-death and out-of-body experience because you've died, you come out of your body and you see everything absolutely clearly as it was. There's no stretching of the environment. There's no extra long arms. There's no, like, wavy scenes. It's as clear as day. So it's not the same. People cannot be drug-induced into seeing that, scientists are saying. Mm. Okay. So there's that one. Um, electrical surges to the brain. Blake, a scientist, and his team placed electrodes on the ang angular gyrus of a patient's parental lobe, which mm. triggered an OBE-like experience uh, in a patient with epilepsy. However, the simulation produced abnormal bodily experiences and false sense of reality, legs growing shorter, arms moving, body double, seeing double visions of people, which is very different to what is described in an out-of-body experience. So again, he thinks that electrical currents from the the like heart machine that they use yeah. to resuscitate you, putting electric into the body simulates an out-of-body experience. But again, it's been described as not the same. 
it's not the same. Well, no, because they're seeing double of people. Yeah. Limbs. Yeah. I would say that's more of a hallucinogen. Yes. Reaction. Yeah. To. Yeah. So then if electricity surging through the body can cause an out-of-body experience and a near-death experience, then why are they seeing things absolutely picture clear and having these picture clear visions and not seeing the extra limbs extending? Why is it different? Why is it different? <laughs> Love it. Because the brain um, is a fantastical thing. It is a fantastic. That's thing. why it's different. That's why it's different. You know, yeah. we know that the brain works very oddly mm. and weirdly, and no one knows anything about it. No, exactly that. Yes. Uh, another study was taken a transcranial magnetic stimulation of the temporal lobes. The state induced by the process resembles. Um, kind of like an epilepsy kind of thing so it's supposed to induce that kind of uh during epilepsy neurons don't fire correctly in between um the bits in your brain so it causes you to have seizures so this is what they were trying to do and again it was a very different process it wasn't the same people describing it i've frozen oh no i haven't there you go people describing it had had um it wasn't the same experience. There was not the same vision. It wasn't the same experience at all. Um, and while these tests were being carried out, none of the patients that were having the tests carried out on them had no electrical activity in the cerebral cortex or the lower part of their brain and no dilated pupils. Whereas everybody who had a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience had been clinically dead yeah heart so the, stopped heart yeah. stopped no brain activity pupils dilated absolutely nothing going on in any of their brains nothing okay so it was you know they're trying to make it happen with live people and it can't be done you cannot stimulate the brain to produce that kind of effect it's something else um, so those were all articles, but I actually went on to Reddit and I've actually found, because you can read articles and people can tell porky pies in them, but I've actually found some real life examples of people that have had near death experiences and described their experiences. So I've got a couple to read mm. out for you. Okay. okay. Uh, this one is called Silhouettes and it's by Lady Boudica. Um, the year was 2017, the month may be April or May, and I was undergoing my fourth surgery, and this was a hysterectomy, um, pre-cancer issues. Suddenly, I found myself at the end of a dark hallway. At least, that's what it appeared to be from where I'd come from. Behind me, um, and in front, was a place with a kind sunset, but instead of the sun, there was a bright light that seemed to beckon me. It did not hurt my eyes. In fact, nothing there caused any kind of pain or discomfort, either physically or emotionally. And I was immediately filled with an overpowering sense of peace, a state of nirvana, if you would. Nothing hurt. Nothing bothered me. Not one single concern. I knew that I was in some kind of border and in front of me were silhouettes, lots of them. 
I could clearly identify them by gender and age and posture. Some were standing, others were sitting in different positions, but I could not distinguish any facial features. It's then I realised that there was a man standing right in front of me on the silhouette side of the border. He was holding me by my forearms, his facial expressions kind and gentle. Telepathically, he welcomed me to that place, saying he will be my guide there. I also telepathically said, at last resting, at last I'm resting. And as soon as I say this, I suddenly feel a pull from behind as if I'm being suctioned by a vacuum machine. Next thing, I open my eyes and mentally cuss. I did not want to leave that place. I hear surgical nurses say, we've got her doctor, she's back, followed by doctors worrying, tense voices, get her to ICU, stat. Again, I drift off only to wake up sometime later in intensive care, surrounded by cables, tubes, beeps, whirring noises. My doctor comes by and tells me later that do not ever pull a thing like that on me again. What was he talking about? He continued to say my blood pressure dropped so low that they couldn't stabilise me. So this was my near-death ex experience. And believe me, nothing compares to the bliss and peace that I felt during that moment. And hey, if that was her experience, mm. what a beautiful experience to have. Yes, lovely. Yes. Right. How, How nice. Yes, amazing. Yeah. You can go about your life knowing that you're going to have a good, that's going to be waiting for you. How wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I have another one. Apprehensive AD 9040. That's the name. Um, my near-death experience. So I have a little bit of time to think. I've had a little bit of time to think about this. And I've wrote several email essays after my experience surviving a dicey surgery and the weeks of recovery but I kept it to the original format. So she's already published this somewhere else. This note is not for everyone, but so many people ask me if I felt or saw anything. So she goes straight in. Before I knew I had been brought back twice during surgery, I had a memory of an experience that I told my husband about. He didn't tell me until on my way home from the hospital that the surgeon told him I crashed twice. This is the memory. Um, this is a memory, not a remembered dream. This was real. I was at a party and it was my sister-in-law, Barbara's apartment, and her apartment had a wooden door. I didn't know the apartment number because the light was too bright. And when Barbara opened the door, I could sense a room behind her, hearing happy voices in the room, not loud or raunchous. I heard music, the smell, food and flowers. Um, I was dressed in a brand new party clothes and I remember seeing myself in the mirror and I had never been so beautiful. I glowed. I did not knock, but the door opened. And when I got there, I don't know how I got there. I was just there. Barbara answered the door. She looked healthy and whole and was in her party clothes too. She looked more beautiful than ever. She was always beautiful. But Barbara passed away in 2001 from leukemia. But I was not surprised to see her answering the door. She only opened the door a crack, but the light, sound and fragrances emerged and I was really attracted to the light. It felt welcoming and friendly. She did not, she didn't say my name. She just told me, you cannot come in yet. You have to go back. I knew nothing for a while and then I was back at her door and this time she told me, it's not time for you to come here. 
I'll let you in when you're ready. I told her that she had to let me in. After all, I'd taken a helicopter to the party. I guess my helicopter ride really had an effect on me. So they helicoptered her to the hospital, I believe. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. I knew where I was. If I'd gone through that door into the party, I would have never have come back. I would have been, I would not have been writing this and I would have died and stayed that way. Barbara pushed me back into life to finish living and it is not my time yet. I know that she will be there whenever my time is right and I have no doubt about that. Lovely. Like a beautiful story. Yes. Yes. And I hope that that's the way they went out. Hopefully. Again. Yes. Again. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully that that was the, yes. Um, Another one. Um, In 2015, I was pregnant with my last child. Constant contractions, pains and preterm labor made me a frequent flyer to the ER. About seven and a half months in, my doctor decided to send me over to a lung specialist to see how far the baby's lungs were so that they could deliver. At the appointment, I then found out that I had placenta preacridia. I think I hope I said that right. Um, yeah. Baby's placenta had pushed its way through a very thin part of my uterus wall where I had had multiple C-sections before. Fast forward one week and I was on the operating ta- table. I died from blood loss. Ten hours of surgery, doctors fighting to bring me back and my family making plans for a funeral. I was in another place. It was all grey around me, maybe a void of some kind. I was on top of a mountain overlooking a sea, maybe an ocean. It was so foggy, but I could see the water in the distance. I happened to look down from this mountain and on the, on the ledge about 10 feet below was my body face down. I knew it was me. I recognised my hair. My reaction was, oh, okay, that's me. I'm dead. I wasn't scared, sad, upset or nervous, nothing. And as I turned around, I was now in a bed, three beings standing at the bottom of the bed, and they telepathically told me, you're in ICU, but you're going to be okay. These beings were made of light, tall, thin, neither male nor female. They had long arms, and I couldn't make out any of their features at all, just the outline of light. I'd seen them through my eyelids before I even opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I was in ICU, and it had been six years. I had long six for th- years. Six years. She'd been in a coma. Shut <laughs> the yeah. front door. Wait. <laughs> you know, if you come back from that, I don't even know what to say to you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. exactly that yeah they yeah they were yeah i see you you're gonna be okay six years she woke up um she had longed for the feeling of absolute love and connection i had um and the connection i'd had for the next five months after my near-death experience i went i want so badly to know what it all meant why do some see things and some don't What were they? Has anyone else had an experience like this? It changed my whole life. I felt connected to everything. I knew everything, yet nothing. My human brain could not wrap my head around this experience at all. Your human brain won't be able to wrap it around because you're going to try to think of everything logically. Yes. Yeah. 
completely. Yeah. You know, trying that to, was a hallucination. That wasn't real. Yeah. Trying to come up with a, a rational example as to why that actually happened to you and that they were telling you that you were going to be okay. But again, with the beings, right, with the other stories in the articles that I found, the same kind of beings, long arms, long fingers, tall, can't recognize their features. So that's aliens now. Aliens. Aliens. And maybe we maybe we do go through space. Maybe that's what we do. You know, maybe we're their little experiment that they dropped off on planet Earth thousands and millions of years ago. Like, boom, thrive. Then when you've thrived and done whatever it is you're doing, you have to come back to the alien planet of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like that's the, what yeah. the new planet is going to be called for yeah. sure. Click, 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 click. I don't know. Clock, Sector clock, click. 94 space. Turn like right at Mars and go yeah. on forever. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yes. Um, one last one. Okay. Uh, nearly over a year ago, I had what I call a near life experience. I had hit rock bottom. Brock, sorry, let's pronounce that correctly. I had hit rock bottom below the bottom. I had opened my own great abyss. And on impulse, I calmly opened the top of a bottle of pills. That should definitely do it, I thought to myself, and washed them all down without hesitation. Glad that I had done it. I remember feeling satisfied that I had just killed the thing which I hated so much. I felt satisfied with the fact that I had finally drawn a line and in that moment I felt in control, something I had lost a long time ago. However, the moment slowly faded to another place. Everything suddenly went white. I know I've you've heard a thousand times, but that's for a reason, folks. It's a light like your eyes had never seen is a complete understatement. Afterwards, as the light faded, colour returned. Suddenly, I was talking to an old friend in what I would describe as a post-life discussion. I remember telling him how I ruined my life, all the bad decisions, all of the false assumptions, everything I had just got, um, everything I had just got killing myself. Um, as I poured out my shame to him, he looked back at me with a shit-eating grin the entire time. This was so vivid. This is easy to recall from my experience. So as I finally finished telling him all of my mistakes, he smiled at me, pat me on the back and tells me everything is okay. I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And then he told me that I had to go back, that I still had work to do. The last thing I remember was walking away, looking back at him, smiling at me as once again, everything went white. Then my eyes opened and everything started to get very entangled. And in the months after, I remember thinking that what if I'd branched off into another dimension? To be specific, I remember having an itch and thinking to myself, am I itching because I'm decomposing in another dimension? Am I sad because my family is grieving for me? Am I simultaneously dead and alive? I was back either way, but thankful the worst of me got left behind. So he was thinking, yeah, that he was in two places at once. And was there another life? Was he living somewhere else and dying somewhere else at the same time? Like, was he being brought back? And yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool way to think about it though, isn't mm. 
Yeah, you very know, much so. Two places at once, different dimensions at once. And then one, one at the same time, you're dying in one. And in another yeah. one, this is what's happening to you. Yeah. It's quite a cool yeah. little concept, you know? Yeah, very much so. Um, there is a growing body of legitimate research around near-death experience reports and peer-reviewed scientific journals have published a number of actual, sorry, actual medical studies on the subject. Verified near-death experience stories provide evidence that the soul does indeed continue after death. Okay, so it does continue. So as far as so as far as scientists have not been able to prove otherwise their only logical thinking is that quite possibly because obviously i think scientists are never going to say yes unless they 100 percent can prove the fact but as far as they're aware so far nothing that they can do to the brain while somebody is is trying to simulate what could happen under those circumstances i.e the drugs the lack of oxygen, none of those are the same as actual near-death experience stories. Achoo, excuse me. Bless you. Achoo, Bless achoo, you again. Achoo. And achoo. three times. <laughs> and four. Oh, Ooh, we did some wow. extra ones today. I do apologize. That was a bit of a, that was awful. Sorry. Sneeze attack. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah. This is, this has got me all turned up. <laughs> I knew that it would. I was so excited to read it. You know, because now all I'm going to be able to think about is death <laughs> and dying, even more than how I think about it now. Oh, okay. See, I do. Th yeah, it's one of those. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's inevitable. You know, what do they say? Of course, everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. But the fact that I feel like the fact that there are for me that there are stories of people seeing things and then bringing being coming back you know i watch a lot of ghost hunting shows you know i watch twin paranormal i watch sam and colby i watch the overnight boys i watch all these paranormal shows and there's actually one i think i would love to watch with you um from twin paranormal because i actually think that you would no way be able to say to me that it was a gust of wind that did those things um so I, I would actually you <laughs> I really could I know that you could but I also think at the same time that you wouldn't I don't know this it was one of the twin paranormal episodes and actually maybe we could maybe we'll come over we'll watch it and we'll off we'll film us watching it just to get your reaction that would be funny though that would be funny that would be a good episode <laughs> well we'll put that on the patreon shall we exactly that on our yes yes i do think that that would but there are certain things like that and all of these stories that do solidify my belief that there is definitely something after this and that we are here for much more than what we even know that we are here for i'm a firm believer in that very much so well of course you are <laughs> or are we just just in the wind dude oh i hope not <laughs> I hope not. Dust in you the know, wind. No. Dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> That's all we are. Yeah. Although it is funny because I've I've got um two people that I know very well. 
um, who have actually, uh, I've spoken to them about it actually these past couple of days and both of them, one of them, she died twice and the other one, he died twice um, and neither of them saw nothing. <laughs> See? <laughs> They didn't have anything. And actually, when I told uh, one of them that I was doing this episode, they were like, well, that's going to be that's not real because I didn't see anything when it happened to me. Like they had nothing. They don't even remember it. There was nothing. But there's only 18 percent of people that have that died. have. This is it, isn't it? This is yeah. only a tiny fraction of people. So yes. who's in the elite? That's what I want to know. This is it. Or who's ready? Who is spiritually ready to see something like that? Because I also think that it takes a person to to see something like that and be able to come back and walk around and be like, oh, I'm going to get a sandwich from Marks and Spencer's. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to Mickey D's today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have to, you'd have to, I feel like you'd have to be a certain person to experience that good or bad void or lovely family members and be able to come back go to bed at night and wake up in the same day and then go to work like I wouldn't wouldn't be able to like no if that happened to me you better believe I'm quitting everything (laughs) and I'm gonna go live in a van in Hawaii somewhere see ya bye (laughs) yes so I life is too short yes far too short yeah yes (laughs) jesus well thanks for making me crap myself on the inside you're welcome thank you for making my anxiety 10 times worse today my aim my aim in this in this podcast environment that we're in is to bring you things that i don't think you could turn around and say well that's a load of rubbish or that's yeah i want to this i want to bring you things this 100 percent is such an individual thing that Mm. has happened to that person i can't Mm. say that it hasn't to everyone even if it happened once i'm Mm. a firm believer in that even if it happened once to one person in the history of humankind yeah exactly Yes. Is one time enough? I don't know. Or do we just sit in the darkness? <laughs> no. Although I do think we... if it was darkness, I do think I'd nap for a bit. Like I'd be like, oh, sweet. Just have a nap. Couple you know, hours, I would like... love a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh, dear. I think it's nap time today. I think honest, <laughs> honest to God, right? But if that's what you know that your life is going to be after, you would never sleep again. <laughs> no, no. Not I if would you were... never sleep again. No, no. And it's funny, actually. I don't know how many people out there. Are, I don't. Have you watched Supernatural with Sam and Dean? No. No, of course I have no. not. So there's a, uh, I love it. There's a TV show. Uh, it's on Amazon. I think you can watch it free called Supernatural. And it's uh, two guys that do demon hunting and all these types of things. It helps that they're also quite attractive men. Um, but Lovely. there are part. I know. Um, there are parts of it that they die in the series. And there's one part of it where Dean passes away. Spoiler alert. I won't tell you which episode because it does happen a few times. But he passes away and he's in he has to go to hell because of various things that have happened in the show. 
and he's in hell and he is suspended in air with these like metal things around his waist. He's just suspended there on his, well, he's not even on his own. He's, you can see other people there that everyone is just screaming and that's all you can do. And seeing that and hearing about this whole no up, no down blackness stuff, that's what it makes me, that's like a visual, that's what it makes me think mm. of is that because it's, if you're stuck there like that and that is your hell, terrifying, terrifying. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> no, especially if it's just because I stole Zero. a grave. I'm going to be pissed. If I, just because yeah. I stole a grave, I should have stole more. <laughs> if I went into Primark, and I might have stolen a bra. <laughs> Am I going to be in trouble for this? Because oh if my I God. go to avoid, I have the, I can't sit still. Everyone on YouTube <laughs> watching this is seeing me <laughs> having to move around all the time. <laughs> I can't sit still. That's like my worst yeah. nightmare. Water yeah. and going, mm -hmm. here's a dark room. Don't move. Yes. Yes. But I don't think you can move. I don't think you have a choice. Like that would be even worth wanting to, that would be even worse wanting to move and not being oh, able what? to move. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. I want no part of it. I'd yeah. rather just go see my loved ones, go back, hang mm. out with my grandma, have mm. a cup of coffee and a smoke with my yes. grandma. Right. Yep. Other than that, I want no part of it. <laughs> yeah, no. Me, yeah, no. I just, like, my little, I think I said, my little room, you know, you go down the corridor and my little doors to the left and in my little room is hundreds of thousands of books on a shelf and then each time I read a book, a new one appears for me. There's, like, one of those dumb waiter things that I just think of food and then my chicken wings fly down <laughs> or a steak or some Reese's pieces and you know there's the most comfortable oh, chair uh, chicken wings sounds so good right now <laughs> I have chicken wings in my fridge that's what I'm eating for my oh. lunch yes oh yes I'm oh, excited yeah. <laughs> one day Tash and I are gonna do for you guys the hot wing challenge Oh, the hot wing challenge. Okay. I think we I think we should do it because we've done the pickle challenge. We've done the pickle if challenge. it was a pickle challenge or not, but a fruit okay. roll-up thing. Yeah. So we should do the chicken wing challenge and make well, chicken wings. I actually have two of the most spiciest sauces that like from chili extract. I think one of them's like 10,000 scovels whatever it is it's like the, one of the hottest chilies that you can ever eat i bought it by mistake and then regretted it when i put a bit on my tongue i swear i got a blister well, swear it. i'm gonna die <laughs> i'm gonna die but i think I'm gonna, it's an excuse yeah. to eat chicken wings it is I'll, an excuse I'm gonna to do eat it. chicken wings okay i'm up for this we should organize this i want to do it now we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna organize it for yes. sure yes well that was a that was yeah. a good today bud i i yeah, enjoyed it good Gives people and you something to think about, which I love. I can yeah, offload it now. out there, please send us in what you think. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you've had a near-death experience, uh, we'd love to read it out on another show, uh, maybe. So our email address is twistedchamber at yahoo.com. So you can email us there. Um, we also have yeah. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We got all the things. We have all the things. We're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, contact yeah. us. And one day, we're getting I merch. know. 
we are soon we need it's soon. happening it's happening we're getting merch i'm excited about this yeah so am i <laughs> lovely um please like oh. and subscribe the video on youtube always um, like and subscribe always. on these Absolutely. videos <laughs> always yes perfect all right then we will let you go now but next time you might not be so lucky bye see ya